So, was Alistair Begg right? Should Christians attend a homosexual wedding and bring a gift on this slice of fresh bread? Welcome to Fresh Bread, a podcast ministry of Grace Bible Church, Gainesville, with Pastor Brandon and Pastor Keith. Welcome to Fresh Bread, Fresh Bread podcast number 48, Fresh Bread, where we're bringing the truth of God's Word to a starving world. We uh, we just want to address uh, something that uh, has come up over the past week, and everyone's talking about it, so we just thought we would join in. It seems like every podcast, everybody that we listen to, that we, uh, pastors and, and uh, theologians that we respect, are all talking about it, and that is the Alistair Begg comments that he made about uh, some grandmother, right, going to their... Yeah, his grandmother. Granddaughter. Yeah, the granddaughter, I think, it sounds like maybe was is trans and yeah. is getting, uh, quote-unquote, married. And the grandmother is concerned, like, should I go to the wedding? Should I not? Uh, how do I do this? How do I navigate these waters? And he came out and said that not only should she attend the wedding, but bring a gift to support... And show, I guess it's to show love. He was talking about Christians have a, a tendency to be harsh and non-loving. And I think all of us thought, because when we look at Alistair Begg, he, how, how long has he been doing this? Like 40-some years? Uh, he's, been, he's been doing it a long time. Very, very well respected. For the most part, someone we would, you know, listen to. You know, I think in terms of between, you know, our church and, you know, you and I, and the doctrine we hold, I think the only difference that I know of is he holds a different eschatology. He's he's all mill, and so uh, that's uh, that's the only difference I know. I mean, but it, but has been a faithful brother. Yes, solid. Yeah, solid. I mean, I would still say ninety nine percent of what he's t- taught has been solid stuff. But now we've got this one thing that's come up that that seems to be a, a major issue. Yeah, he's even at uh, Shepherd's Conference. Well, we'll see. Um, <laughs> You know, I don't know how I don't know how MacArthur and and the team out there are going to deal with it. I suspect that I know what will happen, but we'll see. I think they're probably in the in discussion right now as to what to do about it. And so, anyway, getting back to his comments, at first I always thought that maybe he was misunderstood or he would clarify uh, what he said, but apparently he has not only doubled down but tripled down on what he said. Yeah, he he I I, I have not listened to the sermon. Uh, I do. I have listened to people who have listened to the sermon. Uh, I've not listened to it personally. Um, doesn't sound like it was really a sermon. It was more of a kind of a apologetic for what he said. Um, and in that in that talk or, or apologetic, he, as you say, has doubled and even tripled down on on what he said, and that it was the right right way to handle it. Um, and so, you know, I think that you know, one commentator that I heard said that it wasn't so much. You know, we can all misspeak. Mm-hmm. You know, we can all say things, you know, in, especially in a public situation where you're preaching or teaching, and you can all say things that we can all say things that are not right and get called on it. And when we get called on it, you know, we go, you know, the right answer is to be humble about it and go back and look, go back and try to better understand, you know, where that person's coming from, especially if it's someone who you respect and believe generally is correct and stands with you and is a friend. Um, you know, faithful are the wounds of a friend. 
And so, you know, in this situation, though, what he's done is he's basically he's been called on this, and and we can talk a little bit as to why it's wrong. We should yeah. we should why he's wrong, but when he's when he was called on it, he he's basically went back and and has you know basically tried to prove that he's not wrong and that he's that that we you know the the podcast are the yeah the podcast I listened to was Justin Peters and I think you listened yep. to that as well yeah. with Dan Phillips and you know he he basically said that the bag is saying look you you guys aren't nuanced enough and you don't understand and you know that that it's it's more it's more complicated than that kind of idea and then you know basically said you know there's two two ways to look at this and you know you guys obviously are looking at it wrong but unfortunately it's a false dichotomy mm-hmm. i mean it's a situation where there are there actually are more than two ways to look at this mm-hmm. you know and and the two ways that that he's characterizing is is that you can be a bit you know you you you, you wouldn't use the word bigot but but you can be act like a bigot and unloving and uncaring or you can be caring and and still hold on to the truth, right? And so you know, basically, you can have a make the truth a hammer, or you can deal with the truth in love. And so, but he gives you know he's giving two choices: either I, you know, act like a bigot and don't go to church, go, don't go to the wedding and don't su- support them in love, or I go to the wedding and I support them in love. And but I think that's a false dichotomy. Because I think there's a there's more than there's a, there's a third way, and that is that I can love them with the truth. Mm. You know that I I don't have to go to the wedding, and I certainly don't want to bring a gift. I mean, it's it's interesting because I mean that's ultimately that's ultimately the issue here is that we have to recognize what a wedding means, right? Mm. And and we have to recognize who the who the author of marriage is and who who really sets the rules if you want to get right down to it and that's the lord and he is clear that a, that that marriage is to be between a man and a woman i mean you you see that from the very beginning you know genesis 1 26 to 28 he made them male and female and we see that in genesis 2 where we see the first marriage between adam and eve and the lord brings the 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 female to you know eve to adam and she she's to be his helpmate and that's the pattern that is set for biblical marriage and for and I say biblical marriage because it is biblical marriage but ultimately there is no other marriage other than biblical marriage now I know the world wouldn't see it that way but God is the one who makes the rules he's the one who's created this world he's the one who who sets what it you know who sa- says what it's to be and you know he set the pattern and anybody who says it's anything different than that is shaking their fist at God and saying that it's not it doesn't have to be the pattern and you know God founded the world in wisdom and so it's wisdom to follow what he says and so for me to go to a wedding that says you know that I'm going to that's going to basically fly in the face of that I'm going to I'm going to make this vow that is a is a vow that I you know you know that I'm going to a vow is permanent you know there's no, there's a permanency to that Basically, it's saying that I'm going to shake my fist at God for the rest of my existence because mm. because this is what I'm going to do, even though He says no. And mm. so, for Alistair Begg to come out and say, "Yeah, you know, it's more nuanced than that," and 
And, you know, you just don't understand. No, I, I actually, I think he doesn't understand. And that's sad. And it's, and I don't mean to be brash and to, if I sound brash, I didn't mean, I don't mean to, but it, I'm, what I'm saying is, is that in truth, he has created a false dichotomy and basically has gone with the world who says it's unloving if I tell you the truth. It's unloving if I, if I follow the truth and don't go down the road of celebrating your deviancy. Is there a way you can separate truth and love? No. Because I mean, they go hand in hand, right? So you can't really... Yeah, I mean, you can't separate. You, you, it's not true love if it's not according to the yeah. truth, right? And it's not truth if it's not according to love. I mean, you have to... You know, it says, you know, John... John 1 says that Jesus was full of grace and truth. You know, I think you could, you know, it's not a far jump to say that, that, you know, that grace is synonymous with love, that, that, you know, that's who he is. You know, it, it, in Exodus 34, it says he, that the Lord is full of loving kindness and truth. That's hesed. That's the, yeah. that's a loyal love. And, and, you know, there is no outside of, you can't have one without the other. And so it's, it's actually unloving to, it's you know for for Alistair Begg to say, and again, I I have a lot of respect for his ministry. I have a lot of respect for him as a teacher of the truth, but I think he's got it dead wrong in this situation because it it is actually unloving to support in any way something that's sin to to support sin and to and. But I mean, what you have to recognize is when you go to a wedding, you're actually a witness to. Mm. I mean, you you're actually standing as a witness to the to how this is a good thing, and so when I go to a wedding as a Christian who believes in the scriptures, if I if I were to go to a faux wedding, is what I'll call it. It's not really a wedding at all, but let's just say from a worldly point of view, it's a wedding. It really isn't, but let's just say it is. If I go to there, what I'm saying is I'm witnessing that this is a legitimate marriage, that this is this is a good thing, right? I'm yeah. I'm a witness to that, and and I, I if I do that, I'm saying I support it, and that it's a good thing. But how can I support something that's not even true? Yeah, I mean it's 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 a lie, and and it's a lie that a man can be married to a man, it's a lie that a that a man can become a woman, a woman can become a man. That those are all lies, and it gets even more twisted when you have somebody in. You know, I don't know what the exact situation is, but you know, I I think the granddaughter was trans. I mean, so let's just say the granddaughter becomes a man and marries a woman. I mean, how confusing is that? Yeah. I mean, it's so confusing. Yep. And God is not the God of confusion, mm-hmm. right? And I can't, I can't go to something like that and. And, and and support it in any way as a Christian because it's 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 false. It's a false. Yeah. It's a false circumstance. I mean, it's it's all it's complete. It's based on lies. How do we how do we respond to him? I know he said something about if you believe that you you are exactly like the Pharisees. Well, what that's do you a, say to that. I would say no. I mean, I, I mean, basically, he's trying to say that we're being legalistic. Well, being legalistic is. I mean. It's interesting. We've had a podcast in the past where we talked about you know the law. Well, the law is based on God's character and who God is and how God has founded the world. You can you can base the law is based on you know what basically Genesis one and two 
how the world was founded, you can take all of those laws and you, you know, all the, you know, the 10 commandments, you can go back and you can connect them. And, and, you know, and so in this situation, you know, we have male and female and, and so we see clearly in the law and we see clearly that that's reflected. Let me just say it this way. We see that reflected clearly in the law. And so, you know, lying with another man, a man lying with a man, a woman lying with a woman goes against God's character, his holy character. Let's, let me don't, let me not forget. And let me say it goes against his holy character. It, it goes against who he is. And so, you know, whereas with Pharisees, they're not seeing, they're seeing the law as something separate from who God is. Right. Mm-hmm. And there, and it's all about, it's all about upholding this thing that even doesn't really connect back to who God is. So we, you know, we're going to have a podcast on the Sabbath soon and, and connecting the Sabbath and understanding the Sabbath. But it's, it's un, you know, the Pharisees unconnected, disconnected. They disconnected, mm-hmm. they unhitched from, you know, from the law and understanding the law based on who God is. And so they missed, they missed the character of the law. They missed the holy character of the law because they don't understand. And they just made the law about itself. That's... That's uh, that's that's why they were legalistic because they because it was all about following just the, you know, it, basically following what their understanding of the law was. They wouldn't eat with sinners, and that's yeah. They didn't want to be seen with that. Yeah, I mean, so they fastidiously tithed, you know, everything that they that they they devout, devoutly. <laughs> they they in a detailed way they followed what they thought was the Sabbath and. But they didn't. They missed that it was that the Sabbath pointed to something greater, and so it became all about just observing a day, right? And so, and this is different because what we're saying is is that marriage is based on the holy character of God, and it's not Pharisaical to point people back to Genesis one twenty six through twenty eight to point people back to Genesis two and say this is what God created. It's holy because God created it. And we need to protect it, and we need. There's a sanctity to it that I need to understand, and anything that changes that is anything that 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 deviates from that is ungodly. That it's it's unrighteous, mm-hmm. and I shouldn't be a part of it. And, it, and <clears throat> that's not being Pharisaical and legalistic. That's just saying God is holy, and He yeah. has holy standard, a holy standard, and I need to uphold that. How about when He talks about bridge building? Did you hear Him say that there? There. Is that a biblical thing that we need to have a a, a bridge to to be able to how how what's the right word to you know to reach people to reach the lost? Yeah, I mean it's that's a again, I think that's a misunderstanding of what it means. I mean Jesus dined with sinners. As a matter of fact, I'm about to preach this Sunday, uh, Luke 19, in another in a church in Arkansas, and. A church my sister goes to, and you know Zacchaeus in nineteen one through ten. One of the things that they, you know, when Jesus says to Zacchaeus, "Come down," and you know, and he he says, "I'm gonna I'm gonna go to your house and dine with you." And then right after that, it says that you know as Zacchaeus came down and he, and they went to the house. Well, the next verse says that they were grumbling because he was going to be with a sinner. Mm-hmm. But it's here's what here's what we have to recognize is that Jesus wasn't affirming their sin. Mm. Like he didn't the, he in no way affirmed their sin. He actually in every situation, like without fail, 
he always affirmed the truth, mm. right? He called sinners to repent and turn from their sin. He never, he never said, oh, it's okay. You know, the woman at the well in, in John 4, you know, she, she had been with, with many, with several, she had, you know, he says, look, you, what you say is true. You've been with more, more than one husband. He, but he doesn't affirm her in that, right? He, he, he actually, just the opposite. You know, there's a, there's a conviction there that you see. I mean, so that's, that's, he, he, he confronted sinners, but he did so in a loving way. But you, but loving way is, uh, doing it in a loving way is not devoid of the truth. Actually, it's the opposite of that. Doing it in a loving way actually is with the truth. Like telling them, it's, un, it's actually unloving to leave them in their sin without saying that they're in sin. Mm, yeah. So how would you, if somebody from our church came to you in the same situation, what would your advice be to them? Well, I, I, I can tell you what I wouldn't do. I wouldn't tell them that they should go to the wedding. I wouldn't tell them that they need to support the marriage in any way. But I would tell them that they should, to the best of their ability, continue having a relationship with the person and I know that 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 that's that's nuanced because I don't what I'm not saying is what I'm not saying is they should uh, affirm the marriage they shouldn't affirm the marriage they should be very clear that whoever it is if it's their granddaughter or grandson or son or whatever that they are in sin and they should be very clear in that but I don't think it's fruitful to cut them off. Now, what we have to recognize is the truth probably will, in many cases, cut them off. And I think that's okay. If that's what happens, mm. right? If I'm So as an example, if I have a friend who comes to me and says, hey, I'm, I'm look, I like guys. I'm going to tell him that's not right. Right, I'm going to say that's sinful. That's, and I'm going to give him scripture, and I'm going to tell him this is what the Lord says about this. And he says, "No, I'm going to do it anyway." You know, I can't have fellowship with him in in a in a biblical way, right? But I, but at the same time, so I, I mean, I can't be, I can't, I can't have that close friendship with him anymore, right? I mean, because that's because we have to recognize the sin does separate us. But if he calls me on the phone. And wants to talk, I'm not going to say, "Oh, I can't talk to you," right? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Right. I'm gonna. I'm still going to have a conversation with him. I'm still going to. Uh, that conversation is going to be, "Hey, you're you're still living in sin, right?" I mean, it's not. I mean, it's it's not going to be this situation where I'm going to say, "Oh, well, you know, it's okay." I mean, I, I understand. You know, I, I still want. I just want to be friends with you. No, you can't have that. And, and so you, and if you make it even closer and say, you know, it's somebody, it's a relative, you know, maybe a, a child of mm-hmm. yours, you know, I, I, it's hard, but I think that it has to be still characterized by the truth. I can't affirm, right. I can't affirm in any way what they're doing, but I have to recognize that they're still my child, right? I mean, I still, I still have that relationship with them and as long as I'm not impugning on the truth, I need to continue to 
to try to, to be open to, to speaking to them, open to having, you know, whatever relationship I can so that if something happens, you know, the Lord begins to change their heart. I I'm someone that potentially they would come to that. I could, you know, that, you know, that I could, they know this is where I stand and I'm here to help them. I'm here to love them. You know, I don't, I don't think that I, I honestly don't think that just cutting them off is the right answer outside of now. Like I said, the truth is going to cut you off, right? Yeah. I mean, if, if, if they're of mind to, you know, they're going to say, well, if you don't accept me for how I am, this is potential and it's pr- even probable. If you don't accept me for how I am, well, then we don't have a relationship. Well, okay, then we don't have a relationship because I can't have a relationship with someone you know, in that position that takes that position. That's, I mean, I think that's the only biblical way to handle it. It's a loving way to do it. I think so. I think so. And I've thought a lot about it and, you know, I, I don't, you know, it's tough. I mean, it's a very difficult position. And I, let me just say this. I do understand. I do. I, I am trying to understand Alistair Begg's heart behind it. Right. I mean, I don't think he, I think he thinks at this point that he's being loving, but I don't think, I think he's missing it. I think he's missing what loving really is in this, you know, in, in this, what, how it's defined in this situation. I can't have love. I can't show true love devoid of truth. And, you know, I don't want to be, you know, unfortunately the world has put us in a box, right? If I speak the truth that I'm unloving, mm-hmm. Right. But that's not what we have to really continue to realize. That's not what Scripture says, right? Scripture does not say that. And, you know, the world can tell me that all they, all they want to. The world can, you know, and, and, you know, someone is in that position emotionally can tell me I'm being unloving if I tell them the truth, if I expect them to repent. That is a lie. That's a lie really from the pit of hell. And ultimately it's going to take them to hell if they don't repent of it. And so... It's unloving for me to have any other stance, you know, that it's unloving for me to say, yeah, it's, it's okay for you to live in your sin because I don't want to be the guy that, that doesn't tell you that I don't want to be the guy that tells you the truth because telling you the truth is unloving. That's not, that, again, that's, a, that's not true. You want to be liked and so you don't want to have to make waves and be the Well, I don't know. It's funny. I don't, I don't get the sense. I could be wrong, but I don't get the sense that Alistair Begg is wanting to be liked. I mean, I think he's been in the position he's in. Maybe that's maybe that's what it is. I I think it maybe he thinks that really he's trying to build a bridge to the to to those people and and you know that it's wrong to you know it's wrong to withdraw in that way and I I just don't think that's the best. I don't think that's the biblical way to handle it. What do you think when he made the statement that he is he's a European that he's you know he's lived here 40 years but he said I the American fundamentalist is different than where he's he's like Martin Lloyd Jones and well I don't that, it, you know. it, yeah I don't think that Martin Lloyd Jones would have would stand with him <laughs> I I yeah. don't think that you know I don't I just don't think so as I'm a I'm a huge Martin Lloyd Jones fan and you know not everything that Martin Lloyd Jones says is is has you know is perfection but I just don't ever believe that he's going to say that he would say that right I, yeah. I, I don't think so. And, you know, I don't know. It seems like I mean, as I was listening to the, the podcast with Justin Peters and Dan Phillips, it's interesting because they, they seem to take it more as, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit above you. 
I'm a little bit of, you know, I, I'm more mm. nuanced and you don't quite understand. You're kind of these, you're, you, the culture you're from, you know, you're a little bit more, you know, fundamentalist and, and, you know, we're not there. And I, I think, I don't know if that's what he meant and with that, or if he was trying to somehow, I, I get the sense that he was trying to justify his position and he couldn't find any other way to do it. And, yeah. you know, that, that, that's what he ultimately landed on. I, yeah, that's a tough one. I, I don't know why he would have said that, but. That's what it kind of sounded like to me too, is that, yeah, he was just kind of, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not an American Christian like you guys. So this, I'm a little different. I think a little different than you do. Well, I can, it's funny. I can appreciate, you know, that, that there is a, there, there, in my, in some circles, there is a Pharisaic, Pharisaic spirit that is there. I don't think this is it. Mm. You know, yeah. that's, you know, I think that, I think he is right that, you know, there are some, you know, circles that are more legalistic. This is not legalism, legalism, right? This isn't, this is something different. This is, I mean, there's a clear cut sin and, and it's not just, I mean, it's a, it's a lifestyle sin. I mean, it's a lifestyle choice. And, you know, I, I, as a Christian, I don't have to, I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't celebrate that. You know, I wouldn't, here's the thing is that I, you know, somebody, if somebody left his wife and, you know, if my best friend left his wife and said, you know, I, I'm not happy anymore with her and I'm going to leave her because, because, and I, because I know God wants me to be happy. Hmm. If, if he did that, I wouldn't celebrate that. Right. I wouldn't go yeah. to his wedding. You know, if, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't celebrate that. I, I would, you know, it, it's the same. It's really, I mean, actually it's, it's worse, right? I mean, Homosexual sin is further down the the spiral than than adultery and and those kind of things. But I mean, it is adultery, but it's it's worse. And so I wouldn't celebrate my best friend or in any friend in that situation. So why would I why would I celebrate homosexuality in any way or yeah. transsexuality in any way? I would I shouldn't I can't as a Christian I can't because I love the truth and. And I may be the only, I may be, here's what, here's what Alistair Begg needs to say, it's understand. I may be the only person in that person's life mm. who's standing for the truth, who's actually saying, look, you're in sin. And, and ultimately giving that person the truth, everybody else may be celebrating. And, you know, it, and it's interesting, it's something that in that Justin Peters, Dan Phillips, uh, they, they brought up in that podcast. It's interesting because, you know, basically you're saying Jack Phillips, who, wouldn't make the cake for the, mm. you know, for the homosexual marriage. You're saying he's right. He was actually wrong and you're not standing with him. So Alistair Begg, it wouldn't stand with Jack Phillips. Mm. Right. Yeah. Wow. Or even a photographer that, you know, wouldn't go to, a, you know, take pictures at a homosexual wedding. You, so basically Alistair Begg is saying that person's wrong mm. now, unless he has some sort of nuance that would, you know, pull him out of that, but I don't see, I mean, that's a, that's a direct, you know, direct analogy or parallel. So do you think that evangelicals are just too nice? Like we just, we just too nice. Like I was, what I was trying to say is that when you look at Alistair Begg, you know, five years ago, six years ago, he was, he's doing conferences with, you know, Beth Moore and some of these other people. And, and you you don't want to like separate yourself, right? you so he gets asked to all these conferences, and but do you think that sometimes being with other <laughs> believers that aren't as 
don't, don't have the same conviction that you do, will that wear off on you a little bit? Well, I mean, that doesn't, isn't there a scripture that says, or am I making this up, bad company corrupts good morals? I don't think you're making it up. <laughs> I think that's right. I do too. And, and I, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, if I run with people who are fools, I am likely to become a fool. I mean, it's, it's just, I mean, it's unfortunate that he was, you know, in, you know, with those kind of people and I'm sure, you know, had, you know, tried to keep himself, you know, you know, separated from them in terms of what they believe, but it sounds like there's a potential, at least, that they had more influence on him than he might have thought. Yeah, it's like when we did that one on John Piper. He's, you know, John Piper is doing a lot of conferences with Francis Chan and those guys, and yeah, eventually, you know, you, we worried about that kind of wearing off on him. Yeah, and and that potential to happen. Yeah, I mean, he's, you know, right now I think he is scheduled for Shepherd's Conference and. Both Alistair Begg yeah. and and John John Piper are scheduled for Shepherd's Conference, so we'll see, you know how that how how that changes or doesn't change. But I'm not with John Piper. I'm not. I'm obviously not. The only parallel would be, you know, who who they're running with and who they're, you know, yeah. stayed, you know, being on, excuse me, on stage with. And so, um, yeah, we have to be careful. I mean, I, but I I would say probably a bigger issue, and. And again, I'm kind of piggybacking on Justin Peters and Dan Phillips. A bigger issue, really, quite frankly, Keith, is the celebrity pastor, mm. right? I, you know, we, they, where does the accountability come from? Mm. You know, and so, and they, and you know, Dan Phillips and 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 Justin Peters make the point that they're not really in. You know, they're separated by degrees from many of these things, like. You know they're they're giving they're giving shepherding to people they don't even know, right? They don't, you know, they're not in that position. Like this grandmother, I don't, you know, I don't know if he knew her or not, but but the point is, is that in many cases they don't even know the situation. You know, they're set they're in their bubble and they live in their bubble and they don't fully understand, you know, the the ramifications of of the things that they're dealing with. So they're in this bubble and. You know, and so the celebrity pastor who, you know, people listen to and, you know, I think that that it's dangerous when you have, you know, this voice, it's potentially dangerous when you have this voice that is speaking, you know, this teaching people they don't even know. And many times these people are not even in a local church. And I mean, that's the phenomena that we're seeing now many times is that they're that they claim to be Christians, but they're getting their teaching from the Internet and you know, people like, like Alistair Begg and others mm. are their pastor, but they're not really their pastor. And so, you know, and, and there's this separation. And so Alistair Begg is not really with the people who are struggling through these things and mm. these difficulties. And so, you know, and, and you add that on top of being exposed to people like we were talking about going to be with, you know, someone like Beth Moore or others and, and, there's that influence that's that's there, you know, and and when you couple that with the separation, you know, from their people, from the people who who are around them, there's no account or there's very little accountability. He's got you've got people around him in a bubble that's basically telling him what he wants to hear, you know, and yeah, you know, they in in the name of protection, and that's not 
that's not there's 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 danger there. I mean, I, even even for a man like John MacArthur or you know someone like R.C. Sproul, I mean, they you you need to have you need to have people that are going to tell you the truth. You need to have people who are going to you know that you can listen to, and you know, and unfortunately, many of the times that's that's not what happens. And so yeah. So what do we do with Alistair Begg? Well, I think first we pray. You know, I, 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 I'm not going to throw out the baby with the bathwater just yet. You know, he has had faithful ministry for many years, and, and I'm not, you know, going to all of a sudden not quote him or, you know, not listen to the, some of, the, especially some of the, many of the things he taught, taught in the past, where they line up with Scripture. I'm going to, I, I'm going to see him in that way. Um, you know, many men have misstepped, and, and I, I think, you know, we're definitely men of clay feet, and, you know, that, that you know, there's there's a potential for us to misstep. I, you know, I think what what I think we have to do, obviously, not listen to this advice first and foremost. Mm. But I think what we have to do is watch for the drift. If there's a continued mm. drift, where he's continued continues to drift away from, you know, what I would say is the you know, Orthodox Christianity or Orthodox Christian understanding about these things. Then you know, I think that at that point you just have to have to sort of mark him and and say, yeah, we need to avoid him. I'm not ready to say that yet. Uh, let's see. Let's let this thing play out and see. You know, if, if there's repentance, if if it's if this is a sort of an anomaly and and he and he turns back, yeah, I, I'm not ready to say yet. So, okay, yeah, let's see. Yeah, I mean, I, I do you do you agree? I mean, in yeah. terms of. We need to watch for the continued drift and see, yeah, and see if he continues to drift in this direction. So it is sad how so so many of these uh, guys are starting to do that. Yeah, I hope. Here's what I hope: I hope that he misspoke. Yeah, and I also hope that even with his double and tripling down on it, that I mean, I don't, I don't like to say this, that I hope it's pride. Mm. But I hope that that's what it is, that, he, that he's been called on something and it's pride and he just hasn't seen it yet. Mm. And ultimately he will see it and he'll repent from the pride and, and realize that he was wrong and stop trying to justify it. That's that, what I hope. That's a good prayer. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. I'm afraid that if he continues that we're going to begin to see a drift and and before long he's going to be mm. named if if he does if that happens he's going to be named with you know people that we need to mark and avoid well yeah and it has just been announced that uh, Alistair Big has been asked to withdraw so he will not be at Shepherd's conference this year so you were right you were right they dealt with it in the way that they had to do it and i think it is the right thing You're yeah right. yeah you were right Hopefully this was insightful. I know that, uh, like I said, this has been making a lot of news. <laughs> every every Christian commentator, every Christian podcast has been um, talking about this, so we thought we would join the bandwagon. Well, yeah. I mean, normally we try to do things that are going to be helpful in terms of theo- theological questions, things like that. And that's our normal, you know, fare, if you will, that we that mm-hmm. we try to stick to. But I think in, there's going to be times when, you know, there's a lot of people, probably even in our church, who have been influenced by Alistair Beck's yeah. uh, ministry, and so I felt like that. You know, sitting down today, we actually had another podcast prepared, as you know, yeah. Keith, and 
And I just felt like sitting down today that we really ought to ought to kind of deal with this and and really be a prophetic voice for the truth in this situation for our people and and so I hope that uh, they see that and understand it. So yes, and I, I think it was very insightful. You uh, you've enlightened me. You know, I look at you as candle when the lights go out. That's what you are to me. We can relight it. We can relight it. <laughs> You've been listening to Fresh Bread, the podcast ministry of Grace Bible Church Gainesville. For more information, go to gracegainesville.org. And thanks for listening.